Welcome to our back porch. Thank you so much for joining this ministry. We hope that you are listening because you want to hear a word from the Lord. And that is our prayer that each time we record these sessions and someone listens to this, our prayer is that you would hear a word from the Lord, not from Cindy or Tanya, but just from the Lord. And so we pray that over you today. Um, and we thank you for being faithful and, and uh, joining us here. So prayer is our ministry and our desire is to pray for you or with you. So if you have a prayer need that you would like to share with us, you can go to our website at m1bc.org and hit that need prayer button and you can submit your requests or also your desire to pray with someone. You can also email us at freedomprayer@magnoliasfirst.org. Either way, we will pray for you. We will reach out to you, get in contact with you and uh, just partner with you in that prayer or meet with you if that's what you desire. So let's get started and I will pray. Father, thank you for your commitment to us. Thank you that you never tire of our humanness, our failures, our lack of understanding of who you are and how that should impact our lives. Open our hearts and minds to you this morning as you speak through us. May others hear only what you have for them today. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Today, we are going to look at chapter four in the book, The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. And the title of this chapter is Praying Through. And I will confess, the first time I read this book and I saw the title of the chapter, it scared me a little because what I knew was this chapter was gonna talk about standing in there, persistent commitment to serious prayer. Um, and it, it does make you back up a little and say, I don't know if I can do that. But this is what I know, that when a need arises, the Lord wants to call us to a time of praying through, or what we might also call the prayer of intervention, to pray through until we see answers. And so that's where we're gonna stand today. Um, if he calls us to a time of praying through, he will also equip us and prepare us for that and give us what we need and help us know how to pray. Uh, this chapter begins with a story of Mother Dabney. Mother Dabney was a pastor's wife and in 1925, she and her husband moved to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love to work and serve in a mission there it happened to be in a neighborhood that was not very loving. In fact, she, she called it awful and it was very discouraging. Her husband was called to preach, but Mother Dabney was called to pray and she didn't just pray, she prayed through. And so today, Tanya and I want to share her story from the book, The Circle Maker with you. So I'm gonna begin by reading the story from our book. One afternoon, as she was thinking about a bad situation in their North Philly neighborhood, she asked God if he would give them a spiritual victory if she covenanted to, with him to pray. He promised that he would, and she felt the Lord prompting her to meet him the next morning at the Schuylkill River at 7.30 a.m. sharp. Mother Dabney was so nervous about missing her prayer appointment that she stayed up all night crocheting. The next morning, she went down to the river outside the city walls, and the Lord said, 
this is the place. The presence of God overshadowed her, and she drew a circle in the sand. She prayed, Lord, if you will bless my husband in the place you sent him to establish your name, if you will break the bonds and destroy the middle wall of partition, if you will give him a church and congregation, a credit to your people and all Christendom, I will walk with you for three years in prayer, both day and night. I will meet you every morning at 9 a.m. sharp. You will never have to wait for me. I will be there to greet you. I will stay there all day. I will devote all of my time to you. Furthermore, if you will listen to the voice of my supplication and break through in that wicked neighborhood and bless my husband, I will fast 72 hours each week for two years. While I'm going through the fast, I will not go home to sleep in my bed. I will stay in church. And if I get sleepy, I'll rest on newspapers and carpet. As soon as she made that prayer covenant, it was like a cloud burst. God's glory fell from heaven like the raindrops that drenched Tony on that day he drew his circle in the sand. Every morning at 9 a.m., Mother Dabney greeted the Lord with a hearty, Good morning, Jesus. She wrote the skin off her numb knees. She wore the skin off her numb knees, but God extended his powerful right arm. She fasted 72 hours each week, but the Holy Spirit was her direct supply. Soon the mission was too small to accommodate the people. Her, her husband asked her to pray for another meeting place nearby. She prayed, and a man who had been in business for 25 years closed up shop so they could rent the building. Mother Dabney would not be denied. She was a circle maker, and circle makers have a sanctified stubborn streak. Mother Dabney was more comfortable in the presence of God than the presence of people. As it was with Honey, some even criticized the way she prayed. Well-meaning friends begged her to take a break or take a bite, but she held on to the horns of the altar, and the more she prayed through, the more God came through. Mother Dabney's prayer legacy would be a long-forgotten footnote if it weren't for one headline in a denominational newsletter that published her testimony under the title, What It Means to Pray Through. That one article sparked a prayer movement all around the world. Mother Dabney received more than three million letters from people who wanted to know how to pray through. So praying through is not bargaining with God. It's not trying to manipulate God. God will not respond to those kinds of tactics. His complete purpose in prayer is twofold. First of all, to draw us closer to Him in a vine branch union that comes only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And second, to reveal Himself and the gospel of Jesus to the lost world through our answered prayers. But before He can answer prayer, someone has to be praying. Hmm. Mark Batterson says in his book, circle makers are history makers. And in the grand scheme of God's story, uh, there is a footnote behind every headline. And the footnote is prayer. And he says, if we will focus on prayer, God will write the headlines. It's our prayers that can change the eternal plot line. Just like Honey's prayer that saved a generation from drought and starvation, we can pray and change the course of his story in us and in a multitude of others. Uh, Mark goes on to talk about a branch of history called counterfactual theory. 
I'll admit that I've never heard of that before. But that basically is the what ifs of history, such as what would have happened if the American Revolution or World War II ended in a different way? What would that look like for us today? Well, we can take that same counterfactual theory and look at biblical history through that lens. And for our purposes, we can say, ask the question, what would have happened if the Israelites stopped circling Jericho on day six? They would have forfeited the miracle just before it happened. And like the generation before them, they would have defaulted on God's promise. And the same is true for us. So last week we talked about a, a few things that um, caused us to fail to pray in difficult times in our lives. Sometimes we just fail to pray. And then other times when we pray, but we just don't see answers. And we, we talked about how we don't pray sometimes because we don't know what to pray. And we don't know what to pray because we don't spend time asking Jesus to show us that. Because it sounds simple, but when you don't know what to pray, you can say, Jesus, show me what to pray. And he loves that prayer. He is happy to do that. And then we don't sometimes see answered prayer because we stop circling. We quit too soon. We give up on praying just before the miracle happens. And I, last week I challenged that we all take, accept this challenge of changing this in our lives, of, of ceasing this, this stretch of time where things are hard, but we don't pray. And so I challenge you to join us in that, to, to pray, to, to get on your knees to ask Jesus how he wants us to pray. So let's pray now. Oh, Father, forgive us for the times that we give up when the wait seems too long, or we just give in to doubt and fear. Help us to open ourselves to you, allowing your Holy Spirit to move in us and strengthen our faith in you May we be careful, Lord, to always seek your will, to align ourselves with you, to ask you how we are to pray. May we be circle makers that create a legacy and a history of seeing the power of answered prayers for your kingdom, just as Honey, the circle maker, just as Mother Dabney. May we find that calling in you. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So let's clarify again that we're not talking about getting what we want. We're not making circles so that we can have our desires. Um, we're not praying for elaborate, selfish things that'll make us happy. Yes, we're gonna feel joyful as we align with God, um, but we're talking about spending time with God to allow Him to speak into us what He wants to do in our lives, to allow Him to show us the God-sized goals and God-sized dreams that He has for us. And just like Cindy said, we have to ask Him sometimes for what those are. And that takes time in the presence of the Lord. It takes seeking Him and getting to know His voice, reading His Word, um, and finding His purpose and plans for us. It's a surrender, and we talk about that a lot. Uh, because a lot of this walk in faith is surrender. 
So Jesus taught on the importance of persistence in prayer. He had a couple parables um, that we're going to read from Luke today. We're going to read two parables from Luke today that Jesus used to teach about the persistence of prayer. So the first one is Luke 11 verses 5 through 13. It says, Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this illustration. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You would shout out to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing to give him to eat. He would call down from his bedroom, Please don't ask me to get up. The door is locked for the night and we are all in bed. I just can't help you this time. But I tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend, if you keep knocking, keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you everything you want just because of your persistence. And so it is with prayer. Keep on asking and you will keep on getting. Keep on looking and you will keep on finding. Knock and the door will be opened. Everyone who asks receives. All who seek find and the door is open to everyone who knocks. And then a similar parable is found in Luke 18 verses 1 through 8. It says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep on praying until the answer comes. There was a city judge, he said, a very godless man who had great contempt for everyone. A widow of that city came to him frequently to appeal for justice against a man who had harmed her. The judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she got on his nerves. I fear neither God nor man, he said to himself, but this woman bothers me. I'm going to see that she gets justice, for she is wearing me out with her constant coming. Then the Lord said, If even an evil judge can be worn down like that, don't you think that God will surely give justice to his people who plead with him day and night? Yes, he will answer them quickly. But the question is, when I, the Messiah, return, how many will I find who have faith and are praying? So Jesus uses these parables to teach us the importance of persistence in prayer. Never give up. Mm. Uh, another powerful example in scripture that we find an example of praying through or the prayer of intervention is found in Acts chapter 12. And I'm going to read to you verses 1 through 17 because you need to hear the whole story of this, um, this answered prayer through praying through. Uh, so verse 1 in chapter 12, about that time King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, this is the verse, while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. 
and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued to knock. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said, and then he went to another place. Is that not an awesome answer to prayer? Uh, but do you notice how the fates of James and Peter are set in contrast? James lost his life that day, and it was reported in scripture in one sentence with just a few words. But Peter's story took 16 more verses to tell because Peter's story was a story of rescue. So let's look at the ways that Peter's story illustrates the process of intervening prayer or praying through. First, the church prayed very earnestly for Peter. The Greek word for very earnestly is ektenos. It's the same word that's used to describe the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane. It's a prayer of extreme intensity. The message translates the story about Peter as the church prayed for him most strenuously. Second, we see that the church called upon all the resources of heaven for Peter's rescue. Psalm 91:11 says, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And then Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And third, it appears that the church spent many hours praying for Peter's rescue. And in contrast, so many, so many of us do what John Eldridge calls zap prayers, where we just throw up a quick prayer and kind of expect God to answer it and don't think about it anymore. But the fact that God is almighty or sovereign doesn't mean that we can throw up our zap prayers expecting that whatever he's going to do, he's going to do soon. God didn't just zap Peter out of prison. The church had to pray strenuously for him all night long. So the big question, are you willing to give the effort and time to pray through or to pray the prayer of intervention uh, when it's needed? In the past, praying through, in the history of the church, praying through has resulted in revival across a whole nation. Wouldn't that be awesome to be a part of that? This kind of prayer, praying through prayers, takes time. We saw Mother Dabney was giving her every day to that purpose, that praying through purpose. It takes repetition. We pray for what God has called us to pray for over and over. It takes persistence. We keep coming back, just like those parables that Jesus told. It takes tuning in and aligning to the Holy Spirit. It takes pressing into God, partnering with Him and bringing His kingdom to bear on the need at hand. Whatever that need is, we participate with him 
in doing that. And then it might take several people to gather and agree in prayer. Matthew 18, 19 through 20 says, Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, again, those are ask for things that align with God's will, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. And let me just say, we need to pray we need to pray through for our churches. We need to pray for our churches to be unified. We need to pray that Christ followers would stop battling each other on social media and come together and put on some armor and start battling in the heavenlies for revival in our land. So ongoing prayer like Mother Dabney lived out takes a calling and a calling requires healing, surrender and sacrifice as you saw in her story I'm hearing sorry hearing surrender and sacrifice so Jack Hayford says prayer is a partnership of the redeemed child of God working hand in hand with God toward the realization of his redemptive purpose on earth and of course that is the advancing of his kingdom on this earth that's God's purpose so there are a few things we need to know and understand to be trained as kingdom prayer warriors who are willing to pray through. Number one, as a Christ follower, you are a citizen in the kingdom of God. We're not orphans, we're not slaves, but we are sons and daughters of the king and we are his friend and his ally. Second, believe that intervening prayer is more than just a quick ask of God for him to do something for you. Understand that the authority we have been given to come boldly into God's throne room, we have that authority in Christ Jesus. And then number four, when needed, choose to unite with others to pray. Pray in order to increase the effectiveness. Pray together in order to increase the effectiveness of your prayers. Gather a group of circle makers to pray with you. So as Christ followers, we are not passive victims of life, waiting until a distant God chooses to do something. We are active participants. Amen. We partner with him in prayer. So let's pray. Father, may we stand as sons and daughters of the King. Thank you that you have given us power and authority in the name of Jesus to partner with you to accomplish your will on this earth. May we, beco may we become more kingdom-minded people, ready to be used by you to share the good news of Jesus. May we be ready to pray through, to pray intervening prayers when you reveal the need. May we see mountains moved through the power of prayer. Amen. Amen. So as we wrap this up, uh, just a little summary. Praying through is all about intensity. It is more than just words. It is gut-wrenching groans and heartbreaking tears. Praying through doesn't just bend God's ear. It touches the heart of our Heavenly Father. Praying through can move us to rise above disappointments like answered, an answer of no or an answer of not yet. Praying through doesn't always mean that God answers in the ways we want or hope. Sometimes it is no and sometimes it is not yet. But sometimes praying through can be more about what God wants to do in our lives. Can we rise above that disappointment of a no or a not yet? Um, it's almost like a reset button that God can use to restore our prayer rhythm, uh, to resurrect our goals and our dreams and, and um, 
we need to acknowledge that we should never allow a no or a not yet to slow us down. Uh, we should be prepared for God to say, it's time to stop praying through. There, I believe clearly there's a beginning and an end and he will tell us. If we will listen, he will tell us. And so sometimes he will stop us from praying through before we ever see an answer. Um, we know the mind of God we can never understand. His ways are higher. His thoughts cannot be comprehended uh, on a human level. And so sometimes he will ask us to stop praying before we even see the answer. But if he does that, when we stop praying with intensity, we should start praising for the answer that is to come. Uh, praying through is not name it and claim it praying. God doesn't do miracles just to satisfy our selfish whims. God declares, God does miracles for one reason and one reason only, and that is to proclaim his glory. And sometimes we get to be a part of that. How awesome is that? So as we close, just a, a reminder of how God works. Uh, we go back to that miracle as the Israelites marched around the walls at Jericho. But before they ever began to march, God said to Joshua, I, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I have already delivered Jericho into your hands. He did not say, I will deliver Jericho into your hands. Uh, he had already done that. The battle had been won before the battle even began. God had already given them the city, but they had to obey, do what, he, do what he laid out in his battle plan, and they had to circle it. They had to circle it until God said, stop. May we claim those promises. May we claim the victory uh, that God has in these prayers of praying through, pray, the prayer of intervention, or even just our whispers of, Jesus, help me. There are answers. And so your challenge for this week is that you spend time with God and you ask him to show you what promise he has put into your heart. First, you need to get into the word and circle some of those promises. But then you just ask him and he will show you what particular promise he has planted in your heart for this season. And then ask him what dream or miracle you're to pursue right now in a praying through kind of prayer. And then I would say keep circling Jericho. Last, last week we talked about how you spell Jericho in your life. If it was cancer, it was for healing. If it was fractured family, it was for restoration, reconciliation. There's so many ways you can spell Jericho and, I, and I'm challenging you today, define your Jericho and circle it. And then don't just pray through, add praise, praise through, whatever that looks like to you, praise through. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this time we have had today. We thank you for what you have, I thank you for what you've done in my heart. I, I pray, Father, that I will be obedient as you call me to pray through for different needs that are in my life. And I pray that 
the same for those who are listening. We claim the victory. We claim the promise. We claim all of that, Father, not for our good, not for our glory, but for your glory alone. And we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. We hope you have a blessed week.